Hello, friends, and welcome to Men Do Disney, episode number 67, Men Do Disney, part one. My name is Pete, and joining me tonight are Matt. What's up, everybody? And Tom. How are you doing, guys? We're three guys who want to help you make the most of your Disney World vacation, as well as to bring some of that Disney magic into your life every day. So put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears, lower your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop, and men, let's do Disney. So I'm going to literally wake up every morning on our Disney trip, and I'm going to say, men, let's do Disney. I mean, Happy New Year to you guys. Pretty exciting. Uh, Five days away, right around the corner, man. We are recording a little bit early this week because we do have the college football national championship on Monday night. So a little bit early for us, but we shouldn't be too out of date with the news. So tonight we're going to, we thought it'd be kind of interesting to break down our trip, break down our planning, break down our fast passes, where we're planning to stay, where we're planning to eat, all that kind of good stuff. Give you guys an idea. You know, we talk all the time about planning for trips. We talk all the time about what you should do. Well, now we're going to kind of give you a little behind the scenes insight into what we have done and what we do. Before we get into that, Tom, I think we've got a lot of news tonight, don't we? We do quite a bit of news since our last episode. We'll just jump right in uh, in Magic Kingdom. This is something we've warned our, our listeners, you guys, about, that sometimes the park can get at capacity, and it happened this year uh, around 11.30 a.m. on December 31st. Magic Kingdom actually was turning people away and offering $50 gift cards, uh, Disney gift cards, of course, because they were at capacity. And so that was obviously New Year's Eve. It doesn't really surprise me. I, I would tell you, some of those New Year's Eve and Christmas crowds have bled into the new year when you look at the wait times that Disney's still experiencing right now. Just goes to show you that it, it, it happened in the past and it will still continue to happen. You talk about the wait times this past you know week, week and a half in particular. Pete is our resident line checker. Um, Pete probably looks at that Disney app a couple times a day and he was just sending us screenshots of just astounding lines at Disney World this past week. Pete, what was the one that stood out to you the most? What, what did I send? I sent It's a Small World. Let me pull up just, I'll pull up some of them really quick. Test Track was at 280 minutes. The uh, Grand Fiesta Tour starring the Three Caballeros was at an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that one was wild. And then, um, and then Avatar Flight of Passage was at 315 minutes. 315 minutes on Friday, December 28th at 1236 p.m. Avatar Flight of Passage, 315 minutes. Yeah, that's a long time to wait for a line. I mean, if you're talking about going to Disney World and, you know, you have one day at Animal Kingdom to ride all the attractions, waiting 315 minutes in line for a ride is not how you ride all the attractions. I mean, I'm just looking through it again. Like you said, it's a small world, 90 minutes. Gosh. It's unbelievable. That's what capacity looks like. Again, why we stress, do not go to Disney World at Christmas. But the week between Christmas and New Year's or the week after New Year's, because I think we're still getting some of the hangover from New Year's this week. I think that a lot of people are just keeping their kids out for an extra couple of days and staying down at the park. So really want to stress, don't go down to Disney World during that time. I've been at New Year's before. I've been at Christmas before. Christmas Day in the parks was packed. New Year's Day is packed. New Year's Eve is packed. Just not a not a good time to go if it's your you know your one trip for the year. Well, staying in Magic Kingdom for the next piece of news, uh, up- upgraded portraits at the Haunted Mansion. You may notice if you have a keen eye, there's a scene where the lightning strikes and the portraits on the walls change. It's kind of hard to see, but it sounds like Disney has made them more visible now. So if you've been through the attraction multiple times or you know which scene I'm talking about, 
keep your eyes peeled for this when the lightning strikes. Uh, also, moving over to, to Tomorrowland and Magic Kingdom. Tomorrowland Speedway is now officially closed. We kind of teased that it would be closing and that it had closed periodically uh, in the last few episodes. It is now officially closed and will remain closed through May 18th is the latest date we've seen. Obviously, if, you know if, if you follow Disney News, you know this is because of Tron Construction that is under is ongoing in Tomorrowland right now. Moving over to Hollywood Studios, quite a bit of news Disney decided to release during the Christmas holiday here, uh, Christmas Day. Disney released a preview of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge featuring an on-ride look at Millennium Falcon, Smuggler's Run, and the first official footage of Star Wars Rise of the Resistance, which is now being called the biggest and most immersive Disney Parks attraction ever. So I think they've gotten me a little more excited because at one point I was raving about Millennium Falcon. I was excited about Rise of Resistance, but maybe maybe I'm just as excited for both of them now. Well, I've heard that they've built two full-size AT-AT walkers for Rise of the Resistance. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. I mean, I can't tell you how excited I am for Galaxy's Edge right now. I know that it's going to be a miserable experience to go there, really for the first two or three years after it opens. But I mean, I'm, I'm super fired up to see what Disney can do with the Star Wars franchise in their parks. Yeah, it's, it's going to be something else. And on the heels of that, we did get an opening month for Galaxy's Edge in Disneyland. While we do not cover Disneyland, it is relevant news. June 2019 is when Galaxy's Edge Disneyland will open. Uh, Walt Disney World today reported they expect that to be the weekend of June 21st, which I believe is the Friday of that weekend. So keep your eyes peeled for more news there, and hopefully we get an opening date uh, here for the Orlando Disney World Park. Staying in Hollywood Studios, Baseline Tap House Souvenir Cup is now available. It is a plastic souvenir cup. It's $17.99 with a beer. If you do not want to drink a beer, just want the cup, I think it's $10.99 or $11.99. I don't think it's a bad price with the beer and the cup. I do think it's a bad price alone, if that makes sense. I don't know. 18 bucks for a beer is a lot of money, regardless of whether or not you get to keep the cup. Uh, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not in on this one. $18 for a beer with the cup, I mean, that's a lot. That's rich in my what, blood. We talk about drinking around the world in Epcot, and it's ten to twelve dollars a drink. So I don't want to carry the cup around. Can I drink it and they send it back to my house or send it back to my hotel room? <laughs> I, maybe you can go buy something at one of the stores and say, "Hey, can you just wrap this up too and send it in front of the park?" I mean, I can know. I get like free refills? I don't know. Like, there's got to be a refill involved on that. You definitely can. Yeah, not I mean, get free a, refill. A free a free refill would would definitely make it worth it. A free refill and the the tap house would be the place to be. <laughs> that place would be ridiculous. Staying in Hollywood Studios for one more piece of news here. The tails have been removed from the Slinky Dog Dash roller coaster. So the actual ride vehicle, Slinky Dog, had a tail. They have removed his tail. And the only reason we've read so far was safety concerns. Don't know exactly what that means. But so when, you, when, when we go in a few days, we'll notice that he has no tail. I didn't hear of any major thing that happened, but maybe Disney started to feel like it, it was unsafe. So don't let that trick you when you go. Moving to Animal Kingdom. Kevin from Pixar's Up will be coming to Animal Kingdom as a meet and greet. And if you're not familiar, Kevin is the gigantic bird in Up. Obviously, there's Up the Bird Show now. So this kind of this kind of plays, and I, I understand what Disney's doing. If I had kids, any any additional meet and greet would be welcomed by me. I think this is kind of a fun one. I don't know how relevant the movie Up still is, especially with some of the young ones, but any meet and greet is a good meet and greet uh, for the most part. Also, Pandora the World of Avatar theme park album has been released. 
Uh, so this is a soundtrack that features music from the world of Pandora, uh, you know, Flight of Passage, Satili Canteen, you know, other attractions, some of the entrance music that Disney's well known for throughout all their parks. You can purchase purchase this on iTunes. I have not had a chance to listen to it actually, and I'm not. I don't think either of the other guys have either. I don't know if this is going to be as highly thought of as like Magic Kingdom entrance music or Epcot loop music, but well, nevertheless, it has uh, has been released and you can find it on iTunes. Uh, getting to our general and resort news section, this is where the bulk of our news probably resides. Misadventure Falls remains closed at Typhoon Lagoon following an accident. Last week, it was reported that there was a man who got his arms caught in a net on the Misadventure Falls attraction at Typhoon Lagoon. No injury was reported, but Disney is keeping the attraction closed until the park's refurbishment just as a precaution. That's kind of kind of scary, but at least no major injury was reported. Big one here, free dining for 2019 has been announced. Uh, July 5th and September 30th, 2019, or I guess through that window, when purchasing a non-discounted five-night, six-day vacation package that includes Park Hopper or Park Hopper Plus, if you book in that time frame, you will receive free dining. You can book anytime before February 10th. If you book after February 10th, this offer will go away. The value and moderate resorts receive the quick service free dining and most to all deluxe resorts receive the Disney dining plan. One thing to make to note, it has to be a non-discounted ticket. So if there's any, if there's any, I don't know, seasonal package available, you cannot apply the seasonal package to the free dining. Uh, just kind of be aware of that. On the heels, I guess, of that, the Sun and Fun package has been announced. That'll be offered between April 28th to September 30th. Again, it cannot be paired with the free dining plan, but you can receive up to 30% off during that time frame on your resort stay. And these are big deals, I think. I, I think the stuff you're talking about right now is a big deal when you're planning a Disney trip. Just knowing about it, Pete's kind of giving me a, a look here. The free Disney dining plan when you book, I like that. I mean, we can have the the free Disney dining argument in another podcast. I, to me, it's it's not worth it. I mean, I, I'm not planning a Disney trip around whether or not I'm getting free dining. Yeah, it's be, well, you're not going to be able to get any discounted tickets, and typically you can find some sort of a resort discount. And so when you kind of crunch the numbers... I mean, you're, t- you're talking about 20% off of value resorts versus a quick service dining plan. I mean, it's pretty much the same price at that you know, at that point. But if you wouldn't normally be doing the, the dining plan, if you wouldn't normally do it, I think that it's an opportunity to try it. Does that make sense? It is, but you're, again, you're giving up a 20% discount on your hotel. So it's going to amount to the same amount of money that you put down. I like the dining plan and that it's really, really easy. You know, you don't have to carry a wallet around. You don't have to carry cash around. You literally scan your magic band. They charge you for dinner. That's it. So I, I like the magic of the uh, dining plan in that regard. But we've had this conversation several times on this podcast that, you know, the dining plan may not be worth it anymore. If you look at it from a strictly dollar spent versus value given. Yeah, standpoint. and we, we don't have to go too far down this rabbit hole. I was just talking out loud. Look, anytime Disney gives you anything for free, it's 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 a good thing, and, and right? I mean, they don't I do that a whole lot. It's just notable, if nothing else. No, it ab- absolutely is notable. I agree. Well, moving over to what I think we would all agree to be the best deal we've discussed. Unfortunately, none of us are Florida residents, so we do not apply for it. But there is a Florida residents uh, Discover Disney Pass or ticket uh, available right now, actually, I believe. Uh, it's $175 plus tax. You get three days in the parks, uh, one day, or one park per day, rather. You can purchase a fourth day for $20 plus tax. And you could add Park Hopper to this package for about 60 bucks. This is an unbelievable deal. If you're a Florida resident, you don't have an annual pass, but you want to go discover Disney, or you just moved down there, you don't want to know what it's all about, this is a really good way to go. Now, obviously, it does 
mean you need to stay in that area for the four days. Uh, you can purchase these tickets up until June 27th, and all days must be used by June 30th. So I guess theoretically, if you could pop down for a day, use one of them, pop down for a day later and use another, unless I'm misreading this. It does not seem like they need to be used in sequential order. They can be used at any time. If you're a Florida resident and you have used this or thought about purchasing it, uh, please let us know. Would love to know your decision-making process there. I mean, and this is, like Tom said, this is a great deal. If if you are not a Florida resident, right now a four-day ticket is going to cost you about $375 plus tax. And that is for a non-park hopper ticket. So this is absolutely a great deal. Now, looking into another thing that... I don't know if it's a great deal. It just depends if you're a part of it. D23 is significantly raising their membership fees. Uh, I believe $74.99 annually was their typical fee. That'll be moving to $99.99 for the first time ever. I think they've raised this. So it speaks uh, to a couple things in my mind. And gentlemen, please join in. The popularity of Disney is growing. The things going on that Disney is trying to grow in their parks is becoming information that everyone views as a need to know now because Disney has a lot of exciting things going on. And D23 is typically where that news is first shared. So I, I think Disney's capitalizing right now on how busy they are and how much information they have to pass. So this is the 10-year anniversary of D23. And, and D23 is offering a lot, of, a lot more events than they have in the past. So I think this has something to do with the fact that they're raising ticket prices. And I think for me, D23, I know this is kind of off, off topic here, but it's on my Disney bucket list of things that I want to do eventually. I've never been to a D23, but I, I would love to be this one in particular. I mean, celebrating 10 years of D23, it's going to be a great time, and I'll be glued to my computer screen the in, through the entirety of it. So I just I just want to clarify, Matt is talking about the D23 Expo, which is in August. It's August 23rd to 25th in Anaheim, and that's, that's kind of where all the major Disney news comes out. D23 does have a lot of other events associated with it. There's, there's a newsletter that comes out every month. There's a lot of events. I'd encourage you, if you're interested in Disney in any capacity, to check out the D23 website just to kind of get an idea of what they do offer because there is a lot that they offer. It's not just tickets to the expo. Uh, last bit of news I have is more of a congratulations. As you all know, our first sponsor, our long longest standing sponsor, Destinations with Character Travel Agency, uh, has really helped us uh, through our podcast and has shared a lot of great stories and news uh, for us. And hopefully he's helped a lot of you, our listeners, on your trips to Disney. He has just recently been earmarked. He's an earmarked agency now for 2019. And that's a big deal because that that's basically Disney recognizing him and his agency and his entire team uh, for the sales and the help where they've assisted Disney. Being earmarked essentially validates his Disney expertise and his team's Disney expertise. So when you guys are going to book, he needs to be your first stop uh, from a travel agency standpoint, if you're a listener of ours, because he clearly is the real deal. Yeah. Again, if you're not a Disney expert, if you're planning a trip to Disney, you don't really know where to get started. Give give Destinations with Character a call they will they will plan your trip for you. They'll get everything set up and, and they'll do their best to ensure that you really do have that perfect Disney trip. And, and guys, if you follow me on Twitter, you'll know that I'm constantly retweeting everything Destinations puts out there because it's just great stuff. So if you if you're looking for a way to find them, you know, and you're, you're like social media savvy, you know, follow me and you'll see a retweet here and there. All right. Any more news for uh, for to this week? I've got nothing else that that was it was a sorry if. You're not a, a fan of the news because that was quite a bit of news we just shared there. A lot of news. A lot of news. Well, let's go ahead and pause for just a second here to hear from our sponsors. 
Destinations with Character Travel Agency is your one-stop shop for Disney vacations, cruises, and more. With clients ranging from the magic makers of Hollywood to the business executives of New York to families from all over the U.S., people trust the travel consultants of Destinations with Character to make their magical dreams a reality with the patience, care, and attention to detail they deserve. With over 50 years of experience in Disney and worldwide travel, are over 30 travel consultants trained to give the best prices and service possible. Destinations with Character has the tools to make the difference for you. Find out how to take the stress and hassle out of your vacation. Simply contact them to let the magic begin. Destinations with Character Travel, making dream vacations come true every single day. Visit their website at www.destinationswithcharacter.com or email them at info at destinationswithcharacter.com. And be sure to tell them that the Men Do WDW podcast sent you. So your family is coming to Orlando. And the thought of lugging your stroller onto the plane isn't your idea of fun. But you're smart enough to know that conquering the theme parks of Orlando without a stroller for your kids could be a vacation killer. As parents ourselves, we get it. You're not asking for much. You just want the convenience of a clean, affordable stroller or crib delivered to your hotel or vacation home, ready to use. Welcome to Kingdom Strollers, a Disney-featured stroller and crib provider that does exactly what you're looking for at a great price. To book your stroller or crib, just click on the item you'd like to reserve and select the dates for your rental. We run a tight ship, so we will never overbook. Next, tell us where you're staying and choose the times for delivery and pickup. Then, choose from helpful free accessories like cooler bags and rain covers. It couldn't be easier. If you have any questions or concerns, you can check our FAQ page or just give us a call. We are always ready to answer your questions. Once you've placed your reservation, there's nothing left to do except count down the days until you're in sunny Florida. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead and book your stroller or crib from Kingdom Strollers today. Alright, so let's go ahead and get started here with our main topic for tonight. Again, we're, we're going to go through our planning and kind of where our mindset is on this upcoming Disney trip. I don't think that, that Tom and I have talked about anything else for the past two weeks now. And even Matt is starting to get uh, get a little bit of our energy transferred. Oh, way. the energy's been here since day one, since y'all started planning this. I told Tom the other day, I was talking with him and just said, it seems like yesterday y'all were 50 days out. And now you're five days out. I don't know. I guess maybe the holidays sped that time, time frame up for you guys. But I know you guys are psyched. I know you guys are pumped. I'm jealous it didn't work out for me to go on this particular trip. But I'm excited to hear your plans because one of the things that I thought we could do especially with this podcast in particular is we always talk about disney but let's talk about how y'all are tackling disney you know we've given millions of ways to tackle disney so let me let me hear y'all's plan i want to start with packing because again we talk about planning for disney and we talk about all the steps that you need to take planning for disney but let's let's look at what what we're actually doing so packing tom what are you going to make sure that you bring to disney world on this trip to make sure that, uh, that you maximize your enjoyment in Every the Hawaiian shirt known to man. <laughs> and no You're shoes. You're going to stick out like a sore thumb, man. Because going going barefoot through the park is the better plan. Right, Pete? No, I think that's, I think that's actually a horrible idea. So I've, I've always preached, and we've mentioned on this podcast before, that you, you need to bring multiple pairs of shoes. And they need to be shoes that you're very comfortable walking several miles in. Personally, I'm going to bring at least three pairs of shoes. We're only going to be down there for four days. I'm going to have three pairs of shoes so that my shoes aren't rubbing me in the same spot all, all three days. But I'm also going to bring some moleskin and some band-aids 
just in case I do get some blisters, just in case somebody else gets some blisters on their feet so we can patch them up and they can keep on going. Because I know one of the excuses that we heard on the last men do Disney trip was that uh, somebody's feet were pretty sore and they, they couldn't continue to go on. I believe they described it as they were walking on rocks that would not leave their shoes. <laughs> <laughs> I think they also had some choice words for Pete and the speed he walks and the way he maneuvers his way through the park and the and the detailed, detailed plans to the minute almost. I love going to the park with you though, Pete. I, I'm a I'm a planner. What can I say? But but again, I'm going to be bringing several pairs of shoes. I'm going to be bringing band aids. I'm going to be bringing moleskin. I'm also going to be bringing aspirin in case somebody gets a headache. You know, trying to avert any any problems that are out there. Uh, it, it's going to be Florida in January. So the weather was a little bit of a concern, but it looks like we're going to get some really good weather this week. So that's something that you definitely want to check before you go down on your Disney trip. You want to be able to plan for, for multiple weather occasions, I guess. I'll tell you one underrated thing. Well, we've talked about ponchos and it's Florida. We, we expect it to rain every day, even though it may not rain at all. You have to be prepared for that. But one underrated thing is Tums and heartburn medicine. Yes. Because going going around the world in Epcot, you may drink or eat something that is totally new to you, very exotic. And I mean, all seriousness, my, my wife had heartburn at one point. She's never gotten heartburn in her life, to my knowledge. And we were waiting in line at Test Track and she didn't even know what it was. She was like, my chest is hurting, killing me. Obviously, we had Tums. That solved the issue. You never know what you're going to need. And I always bring a, a, a book bag because Disney doesn't, there's no rule against what medicine you can bring in, what, you know, unopened bottle of water you can bring in, snacks, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And, and, and like you said, you, you never know what's going to happen to you. I think about my Disney trips. I eat a lot better at Disney World than I typically do at home. You know, I eat a lot more food. I eat a lot richer food. It's just different food than I typically eat at home. So that can have some tricky effects on my tummy sometimes. So I, I may bring some Tums. I may bring some Pepto-Bismol, you know, whatever it takes to keep you going. Because you don't want to be stuck in your hotel room for, for a couple of hours or a day or two because you have an upset stomach. No, totally agree. You cannot risk anything ruining your Disney vacation. But speaking of different foods, is it time to jump into some reservations that have been made? We could we can jump into some reservations. I was going to talk about where we're staying and how we're getting there first. I mean, guys, do that. this is me and Tom who've now talked about food. You see where our, our hearts are and where we're looking at when we go to Disney because the food is just so good and I can't wait to hear about it. But yeah, let's talk about how, we're, how y'all are getting to Disney. All right, so... We, we're actually taking a couple of different transportation methods down to Disney. I'm going to be flying. I'm going to be taking Magical Express from the airport to the resort. Really excited to, you know, when I get on the plane, throw my bags on and let Disney kind of handle the rest. Yeah, and then three of us will be driving in one car, uh, kind of caravanning together. And then the other guy that's joining us will be driving separately uh, from where he lives. So all different ways of transportation. I personally enjoy driving more than flying. Um uh, I can't wait to hear Pete's experience with, you know, it's been years since I've used Magical Express. So let, let's talk about, let's talk about time frame. You know, when are you, when will you actually be stepping foot on Disney property or when will you be stepping foot in Orlando? Like what time will you get there? And then how much time will you have to rest before, you know, you're going to the park? So for me, I will be flying in Wednesday night. I get in Wednesday night about midnight is when I land. Magical Express will be picking me up from the airport, taking me to the resorts. I anticipate being there one thirty, two o'clock, and then I'll be up at probably five o'clock, ready to go. So I may get three hours of sleep on uh, on Wednesday night, and and be up Thursday morning, ready to go to the parks. 
Yeah, so I'll, I'll be down a day later than that. I'll be down late Thursday evening. It now looks like with the, the group of guys in my car, you know, we're going to be waking up, hitting the parks uh, starting on Friday. The guy who's going to drive down solo will be getting down there, I don't know, around four or five o'clock. It sounds like Thursday, and he will be going to a park uh, on his own, and we'll probably meet up with Pete uh, at that point. So all varying times of arrival uh, as well. And Pete, you'll and, be staying, and staying different yep. places too. Yeah, yeah. Pete, you'll be on Disney property, so share some of that. So this will be my first time staying at a DVC property. And we're staying at the Copper Creek Villas at Wilderness Lodge. Really looking forward to it. So you guys are staying off Disney property. But again, you're staying at a Disney Springs area resort. So you do, still do get a lot of the benefits that you would staying on a Disney property. Yep. So this, when I went to Disney World in July, this is the same exact thing we did. Uh, we're staying at the Doubletree Disney Springs area resort. We have a two-room suite. Um, it's... It's a pretty nice hotel. It's I will go ahead and tell you it's not as updated as some of the Hilton hotel Hilton brand hotels you'll go to these days because it is an older hotel. But you're you're right there next to Disney Springs. You're inside the gates of Disney, so you're pretty close to everything you want to be close to. Uh, we typically will Uber into the parks, just because for from a convenience standpoint. However. This trip, we're going to be staying, uh, one of our buddies is an annual pass holder, so we'll have free parking, and we'll probably utilize that, at least for the Magic Kingdom Day, I would imagine. All right, so now, you, now you're in the parks, you're there, Pete's saying he's starting out at 5 a.m., waking up, going to be with Magic Kingdom, you said you're starting, Pete? Yeah, so, I mean, let, let's go ahead and go through uh, go through our days that we have planned here. This is a relatively short trip. We're going to be down Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Tom and crew are going to be getting in a little bit later on Thursday, uh, but I will have a full day in the park on Thursday. So yeah, I'll be starting Thursday at Magic Kingdom. Right now, fast passes we have planned for Thursday. We've got Space at 910, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train at 1035, Splash Mountain at 1135. Excited about that. Don't don't. That's a solid morning. That's a solid, solid morning. So how will you fill your time before space at 9.10? So the park doesn't open until 9 o'clock. So we'll probably go maybe do a Seven Dwarfs Mine Train first thing before we scoot over to space. Maybe see what some of the yeah. other rides are. I know Peter Pan is going to be closed. It's it's down for refurbishment while we're there. That would be a typical first thing in the morning ride for us. But uh, we'll kind of see what's uh, what we're feeling. But but then, yeah, Space Mountain, Seven Dwarfs, Splash Mountain. And then, and then we'll just kind of go the rest of the day from there. Getting into Friday, I will be going to Animal Kingdom. Tom and company will be going to Magic Kingdom. Yeah, I'm kind of bummed I'm missing So So, Tom, let, let's talk about your, your planes. So, sorry. Yeah, so our... Our Magic Kingdom fast passes are really similar to, to what Pete and his buddy will be doing. Uh, space at nine o five, splash at ten ten. A little disappointed. Seven Dwarfs at twelve o five. It, it just it wasn't meant to be. I've tried my best to get an earlier fast pass, and I will continue to try. But right now, that is what it is. But you know, I've I had a similar experience at uh, at Animal Kingdom on Friday. I don't know why we didn't make these days match up where we were at Magic Kingdom on Friday too. But whatever. So we've got Everest at nine ten, Kilimanjaro Safaris at at 1020 and then flight of passage at 110 which is a really late fast pass typically i don't like to get a third fast pass after noon but it's flight of passage and and it was the earliest i could get uh 
for this trip. So we're going to stick with it. I've tried to improve the time. Again, Flight of Passage is, if, if you want to go on Flight of Passage, that's probably the first fast pass that you're going to want to get when you're planning your trip, just because it, it, the times do book up so quick. Yep, totally totally agree with you. And and I am bummed that on this go around, I'll be missing Animal Kingdom just because Satuli Canteen and Flight of Passage are both highlights of Pandora. I, I'm I'm still shocked that y'all, y'all are skipping Animal Kingdom because you're going to have a lot of guys that have never been to Pandora and you're just skipping it. I mean, the, we kind of had the conversation and Epcot was a must. Hollywood Studios is a must with the new new Toy Story Land. And then it was, can you go to Disney and skip Magic Kingdom? That was kind of the question. And, and I, don't I mean, think I, think can. Can, I think I would want to get to Pandora before Toy Story Land. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I'm not on the trip. But if you think about, would you would you want to go to Disney World and skip Rock and Roller Coaster and Tower of Terror? Mm-mm. No. <laughs> but, I, but I'd want to do Flight of Passage. Like, I would, I, if I was in Disney World, I'd have to do Flight of Passage. I wouldn't, if I hadn't been on it before and I was there... I'd have to do. It. I mean, difficult difficult choices for me. Look, if if we had known that Hollywood Studios was going to have an after hours event Saturday night, Tom, I think I think we both would have planned to do Animal Kingdom on Sunday and done the Hollywood Studios after hours event on Saturday night. But it wasn't announced until after we had kind of booked all of our fast passes and, and finalized everything. So just kind of didn't work out this trip. No, that's that's one hundred percent accurate. Now I don't know how we would have done the after hours after um, a full day in Epcot. It's a lot of walking in Epcot, you know. <laughs> a lot of walking, and you know, I am inclined. I'm inclined of... to to drink around the world when I'm at Epcot. So <laughs> it would be a long day in Epcot. We'll see. We'll see if we drink around the world or not. We'll come back and report. So again, Saturday we are going to be in Epcot. That's going to be the first day that our group is kind of together for the entire day. We've got a Spaceship Earth Fast Pass at 9.05, Living with the Land at 10 o'clock, and Frozen Ever After at 11.10. We'll probably start with Test Track and uh, and Soren before that, I would think, correct? Yeah, we're going to have to, because of the way that the Fast Passes are tiered at Epcot, we're going to have to make our way to one of the two first. I would assume we'd go Test Track first, but you know, whatever the group wants to do in general is, is fine by me. We're, we're going to be there all day. So we'll, we'll get them all. We'll get to all the attractions at some point. Uh, Pete and I both take the stance that it is imperative to get a frozen fast pass. And if you can get a fast pass near the time that you would be going to the world showcase, that's even better because it's not wasted steps. Uh, Cause Epcot's, I mean, Epcot's big. And so yeah. And to me, it's, it's more important to get a frozen fast pass than it is a test track or a Soren fast pass. You know, test track has a single rider line. So as long as you're not dead set on riding test track with another person, you can sneak in with a single rider line. For Soren, you know, we may go to Soren first. We may go to Soren first, hit Soren, come back to test track, ride single rider, and and then head and then head into World Showcase. But I mean, we're not going to walk from Future World to Frozen when the park opens and ride Frozen and then try to come back to Future World. So that that's kind of why our justification was we're going to get Frozen fast passes instead of. Uh, Instead of trying to do a test track or a Soren. No, I, I I think that's fair. I would totally agree with you. And these are the kind of questions and things you have to ask yourself. You know, how are you going to manage it all? And, you know, let's just talk about real quick. As soon as you get done with, you know, your 1135 splash, you're going to be on your, your My Disney app looking for the next Fast Pass, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if it's a Pirates, if it's a, it's a Small World, if it's a Jungle Cruise, what, whatever. What do you anticipate that? Yeah, what do you anticipate being available you know, after, let's say after 1135, 
when you you know you make your next fast pass what do you think you're actually able to get on without having to wait in standing room or you know just in the line you know uh, looking at the fast pass times that are still available for Thursday i think it's going to be wide open uh haunted mansion is still wide open pirates is still wide open jungle cruise is wide open as we get into the weekend i think it tightens up a little bit i would tell you i think it's it's a much easier answer to say what will you not be able to get fast pass for and i think you will not be able to get one for i'll go park by park i do not anticipate us getting a second one for seven dwarfs flight of passage frozen test track or or slinky dog in hollywood studios so it, I, I think anything else is on the table oh i was cracked up for a second at pete as he was talking about you know you know thursday friday i think it's gonna be easy but you know saturday sunday it's gonna tighten up he sounds like a golf the golf announcer talking about the weekend. You know, Thursday, Friday is still anyone's tournament, but as we get into the weekend, it's really going to be tough. Well, again, it's it's marathon weekend, so a lot of people are going to be coming in Thursday night, Friday night to to run the marathon, to run the half marathon. And so I think the fast passes during the weekend are going to be a little bit tougher to get than they would be. I don't think it's going to be anything like it was Christmas, New Year's, that kind of thing, But uh, but I think it is going to be a little bit tighter. So let's talk about Sunday, Sunday Hollywood Studios. Right now we've got Rock and Roller Coaster at 9 o'clock, Slinky Dog at 1045, and Twilight Zone Tower of Terror at 1140. And this is going to be a half day in the park for us, so we will not be staying to see Fantasmic, which is typically what I base my Disney trip around, seeing Fantasmic, but we didn't in this case. Yeah, it's brutal. I, I'm going to be devastated leaving the park at the time I have to leave. At one point, I thought I'd be there for the full day. Unfortunately, my plans have changed, and I'll be leaving right after. I actually have a 125 Slinky Dog, so I'll be leaving right after that, which will be, uh, hopefully, Slinky Dog impresses me, because that'll be the last thing I ride in Hollywood Studios. So now let's now let's go to what you guys were talk, have been talking about for the last 25 minutes. Let's go to the food. Well, Pete, since we've been talking about it so much, we'll let you lead it off. All right, so we actually have a a reservation at Be Our Guest on Thursday night, and I know that's before you guys are going to get to the park. I'm really excited about this. I ate at Be Our Guest with my wife a couple of years ago. It was before they switched over to this kind of fixed menu, and they have changed a lot since then. Some of the dishes are the same. Some of them are a little bit different. So I thought that I would kind of go through the menu and uh, kind of talk through, hey, maybe what are we going to get? So Looking at, there's there's three real courses at Be Our Guest. You've got an appetizer. A couple of things on here really piqued my interest. There is a lobster bisque that really piqued, piqued my interest. There is the escargot. There is the French onion soup. And there is the charred octopus or the charcuterie. Now, I've had the French onion soup at Be Our Guest before. It was very good last time I had it. So I probably will, will stay away from that. But, but there's a lot of other options here for an appetizer. It all sounds good to me. I mean, I'll... Just get one of each. You know, I have not been to dinner at Be Our Guest, so I'm going to be totally basing my opinion on it, probably off yours, because we both have been there for quick service lunches plenty of times. I'm excited for you to explain how the fixed menu works and if you were satisfied with the options they provide you. So going to the next course, the entree, for me, it's between a couple couple of different options, between the filet and between the lamb chops. They do have a bouillabaisse option. I think they have a fish option. There, there's a couple of couple of other options, but for me, I think it comes down to the filet and the lamb chops. And then the dessert trio is the final course. I don't remember all three of the options, but I know that the gray stuff is part of one of the dessert uh, dessert trios. So be excited to taste the gray stuff again because it's it's delicious. 
Of course, it's delicious. So that's Thursday night. Friday night, we also have a reservation at Ohana. And Tom, what are we excited for at Ohana? Everything. Uh, Everything. Mainly the bread pudding, but yeah, I am I am super fired up for the bread pudding. The bananas Foster's bread pudding is amazing. Yeah, I mean it's it's like I've I think I've shared on the podcast and I've shared with some of my buddies who've never been there. Make sure you save room for it because it is the highlight of the meal, and everything else is great. That's not discrediting the steak, chicken, shrimp, noodles, veggies. Everything else is fantastic, but that bread pudding is is out of this world. I mean, these two restaurants y'all talked about so far, I mean, these are top five restaurants in Disney, cream of the crop. Like y'all are, y'all are getting after it. I'm excited for you guys. Well, well the rest of the trip is not quite that exciting. Yeah, I'm <laughs> um, I, You know, that's my Thursday. That's our Friday night for dinner. Saturday, we're going to be at Epcot. We're just going to play it by ear, really. Yeah, at Epcot, you can never go wrong. I mean, it's great. They have great uh, table service dining credits and sit-down dinners there, but they also have fantastic quick service options too. So Epcot is going to be more of a float, no real plans outside of the fast passes, and stop and eat. I can see you guys going quick service in Epcot, to be honest. I think that you'll you'll probably still be stuffed from the night before. Yeah, we'll probably have the meat sweats walking around uh, from all the uh, steak, chicken, and shrimp we eat. Yeah. Oh, gosh. That'll be fun. All right, so um, let's keep going to Epcot and kind of see what we're doing there. Hollywood Studios. That'll be... Um, y'all go anywhere Yeah, Hollywood there? Studios, again, is going to be quick service. I'm not sure where we're going to eat, uh, especially getting out of there. I, I don't know that I'm going to actually eat lunch at the park that day, having to leave at 1.30. I may just power right through lunch. just depends what the group what the group wants to do. I mean, I wouldn't want to waste time on lunch if I had to leave at 1 o'clock, you know? I mean, that you probably feel the same way I do, Tom. Mm-hmm. Yep. So are there any quick service restaurants that you're like really excited to go eat at? I mean, at Magic Kingdom or at Epcot? If, if I was going to uh, Animal Kingdom, I'd want to eat at Satuli Canteen. But Well, and, and I was going to say that, like, I'm going to eat at Satuli Canteen. I, I, I've heard great things about it. I've heard the food's incredible and I'm really excited to eat at Satuli Canteen. You know, Magic Kingdom has, I, I like all the quick services. I know one person especially wants to go to Casey's Corner, so I'll probably pop in there as well. Cosmic Rays is something that I, I probably like too much, uh, just because it is a pretty simple offering. And then at Epcot, I'm going to just be eating snacks all day, so I, I'm going There's so many options, I'm but going- we're not going to be there during a festival, which is going to be a problem. Eh, it's not a problem. Epcot's always fine. I mean, I think you're going to be eating quite frequently if I know what you guys are going to be doing in Epcot. I think that y'all will be, you'll be trying the, the local cuisine at every country. We're going to try to be responsible. I guarantee you that I'm going to eat the school bread in Norway. That's an every trip kind of thing for me. You know, I, I'm a lot more interested in, and, and Tom, I think it's you talking about your wife liking the cupcakes so much. I've I've kind of gotten a lot more into the cupcakes that are available at the park, so I'm gonna be I'm gonna be trying some more cupcakes at these parks when we go. Yeah, my wife raves about the cupcakes. We we do like a cupcake hunt, and we'll, I will tell you. I mean, we usually split them. We we've gotten each of, each of us have gotten individual ones, but we we've gotten selective. I mean, I'll see one. It's like Darth Vader, and I'm like, ooh, cool cupcake. But she's she's eaten in the, the various trips she's been. I mean, she's tried a bunch of different cupcakes. So we we're pretty selective on our cupcake choices now. But it's a great idea. It's a lot of fun. Now, how about anything? You know, I, I we've we've kicked around some after hours stuff that we're going to do, uh, whether that's go to Disney Springs, uh, do do some of the attractions that are there, like the Void is something that we've been excited about, or if there's any late night snacks or places you want to go from that standpoint. I would say we'll predominantly spend our time 
at Disney Springs or on the monorail loop somewhere. I, I think so too. I, I'm excited. I I want to go to Trader Sam's. Like that's to me is a must do on this trip. You mentioned the void. I, I really want to do the Star Wars Secrets of the Empire at the void. So really excited about that. And then, yeah, I think we're going to spend a significantly greater amount of time at Disney Springs this this trip than we did on the last Mindu Disney trip. I feel like we were a lot more in the parks last time. The parks closed a little bit earlier for this trip. So I think we're going to be leaving the parks and, and going to Disney Springs a lot more on this trip than we did on the last Mindu Disney trip. I would totally agree. I think y'all have it planned out. What's next? It pretty much wraps it up. I mean, next is next is uh, let's 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 get down there and, and get it get it going. Yeah. Well, you guys, y'all are gonna have a blast. I'm I'm looking forward to the pictures. I'm looking forward to the Snapchats. I'm looking forward to living vicariously through you guys. I hope you're looking I mean, forward you to the FaceTime some... because uh, that's definitely gonna happen at what at one point. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it'll be right when I'm in the middle of a meeting or something, and then you guys are going to be in Epcot, and it's going to be a lot of a lot of fun to answer that call. But um, yeah, I mean, Facetime me. I'm I'm, I'm going to you know live vicariously through you guys. Um, do me a favor though, send me pictures of the food at at be our guest and Ohana. I just want to see what you guys are eating, see what I'm missing out on. But yeah, guys, you haven't planned out. I'm excited. Y'all want to close this podcast out? Yeah, I think that's really all we've got to talk about planning wise. We're going to come back. We're not going to be here next week because we will actually be down in the parks next week. So we're going to come back the week after. We'll give you all a detailed rundown of our Disney trip, tell you what worked, tell you what didn't work, tell you what uh, what new things we've discovered, maybe maybe tell you our new favorite foods and drinks. Who knows? But um, But yeah, I think that's all the planning we've got. So let's go to Tom with the trivia and secret of the week. Yeah, so I'm going to start with the secret. This is one I'm really excited about and actually just learned about uh, within the last 12 hours. Uh, it's one of my did you knows. And uh, did you know there's an abandoned singing airport runway just outside of the Magic Kingdom? If you were to make a right turn under the monorail just before entering Magic Kingdom, you'll come across a strip of pavement that used to be Disney World's first and only airport on park property. The runway was built in 1970 just before Disney World officially opened and was only in use for a year or two by Shawnee Airlines until it was shut down. The area is now used as backstage parking. Known by many Disney fans as the quote-unquote singing runway, you can allegedly hear the runway sing When You Wish Upon a Star if you drive over it at approximately 45 miles per hour, thanks to some well-placed grooves in the pavement. This is unbelievable to me. It's one of the coolest Disney secrets that I've ever come across and felt like we had to share it with you guys. I'm going to check that out here right when we get off. So moving to the trivia question of last week, it was a true or false, and it was pretty easy. Uh, true or false, Disney World is the largest single-site employer in the United States. That is true. Uh, quite a few of you got that one correct, as we hoped you would. Moving to our trivia question of this week, brought to you by Matt. Uh, this one uh, is pretty tricky, actually. And you can tweet us your answer at podcast or email us at mendowdw at gmail.com. The question is, what is the oldest attraction in the Magic Kingdom? A lot of first-day attractions, but what is the, actually the oldest attraction in uh, Magic Kingdom? And Tom, um, your guess earlier, which was incorrect, you were on the right track there. That was a great guess. Yep, so that uh, wraps it up for the Trivia and Secret of the Night. All right, well, again, uh, just want to reiterate, we will not have a podcast next week, as, we will, as, as Tom and I will be down at Disney World, but we will be back the week after that to, uh, to wrap up our trip. So anything else for tonight, guys? 
That's it. I got nothing. Y'all have fun. All right. Well, that's all we have for this week. Please tune in in two weeks for some more Disney magic. Look for us on Twitter at Podcast. If you have any suggestions, questions, or comments, please tweet us or email us at mendoWDW at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help us out. Thank you so much for listening and giving us the most valuable thing you have, your time. We'll see you in two weeks.